Going into the season, the outcome of a loss to Oregon was not something that I expected. I assumed Ohio State would have played a lot better today than they did. However, the outcome of today's matchup with the Oregon Ducks, a 35-28 loss for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Also the first loss in Orion in Ryan Day's head coaching career. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll recap everything we watched today in this live episode post-game show of Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes, part of Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. And what we just watched wasn't fun. What we just watched wasn't enjoyable. No, there were not a bunch of negative moments throughout the entire game. There were some highlights as the things that we can take away from this game and we can build upon to be successful throughout the rest of of the season. However, what we watched, the outcome of that game, 35-28 loss to the Oregon Ducks, the number 13 team in the country, down their leading tackler and Justin Flo, down a possible top three number or number one overall draft pick in next year's draft, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Oregon still found a way. They still did enough and sometimes overwhelmed Ohio State. And the Oregon Ducks were victorious, not the Ohio State Buckeyes. In this show, we will recap and highlight C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, the mess that is the defense right now. Not the entire mess, but there's a lot of questions about the defensive side. There's questions about the offense as well, but sometimes the defensive questions outshine, like they do in this game, what we saw from the offense. But as I am watching this game, and I am sitting back and trying to take in the game and Enjoy everything that's going on. Enjoy everything that is a college football Saturday. My one wish or my hope in my way to start off this game right is to get off to a fast start. You, you know that Oregon's down a couple guys. Kayvon Thibodeau, everyone knows that name. If you don't, you heard it at the beginning of the broadcast and up throughout the duration of said broadcast because Joel Klatt. Uh, uh, J.D. Taft, uh, Gus Johnson, they all brought up Kayvon Thibodeau in his absence on the field today for the Oregon Ducks. You might not know the name Justin Flo, but I honestly think that if he was in the game, I, I believe, it would have been probably the same outcome because the Ohio State rushing attack probably wouldn't have been as lethal, and I think some of those crossing routes over the middle wouldn't have connected either. When you think about the offense for Ohio State, you know Stroud is young. You know the offensive line is – they've not experienced the right side as new guys that haven't started before well have started a game or two but not consecutively you know that their Mufford is moving inside Petit Freire moving to the opposite side of the line Luke Whip Luke Whippler your regular or traditional backup center but right now he is starting center because Harry Miller is not able to play and so you have all these things on the offensive line you know Jamie Ruckert can be a piece on the offense but he wasn't utilized on defense going to go back to defense very quickly absolutely no pass rush. You know what I heard all offseason? Not that I bought into what I heard, but what I heard all offseason was that this is the year for Zach Harrison. Uh, this, this year, this is the year for good old Zach to 
live up to its five-star recruiting ranking. You know what a recruiting ranking is? It's a summary of what you did in high school that has nothing to do with how you play the college football. Absolutely nothing. You know, also, you can connect this not the same way. You know what the Heisman Trophy is? It's an award given to you for what you did in college football that has nothing to do with how you play in the National Football League. I know in college football, collegiate sports, I think we get hung up on the stars. Zach Harrison has a lot of stars. You would think he would have had a he would have been a perennial pass rusher this year. I haven't seen it. Now I'm not saying he's played bad. I'm not saying he's played bad at all. Zach Harrison has done a, a lot of things good. At the same time, the pass rusher that many people thought he would be, I haven't seen it. And if I haven't seen it while watching games, none, none of you have seen it either. The defense, for some odd reason, they're still playing a lot of people. Not really sure why. We'll type in more of that later down the road. And at the end of this game. Even throughout all of the hiccups, Stroud's slow start, the defense being the, being down at halftime, being down two scores, the defense really giving up plays over running, running backs and over running people that are right in front of them. Bryson Shaw ran right past the, the runner that ran all the way to Pedro. I think it was a 77-yard touchdown run. A lot of things are confusion. We got Tommy Eichenberg on that 77-yard touchdown run following the tight end, opens the hole for the running back, and all of a sudden, Bryson Shaw, bad angle, something we saw last year from Mr. Josh Proctor, and what do we get? A trip to pay dirt for the opposition. I know many people are calling for Coombs. I know many people are looking at this game and saying, this one's all on Coombs. The team is inexperienced. When you have a team that is inexperienced in moments like this, linebackers, excuse me, the linebackers are inexperienced. Primarily that position. When you have guys that are inexperienced in a game against a seasoned, experienced quarterback, not the best quarterback in Anthony Brown, but a guy that has experience at times, he can exploit your holes in your defense to move the ball down the field for his team. One thing that stuck out to me in this game, I had a belief that Ohio State could win the game. I knew it was going to be very, very hard. And in the moment, not just first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, but in the moment for each one of these calls, Ohio State was 0 for 3 on fourth down plays before the fourth and two play conversion early in the fourth quarter, a big pass completion, C.J. Stroud to Garrett Wilson. In that moment, I said, what are you doing? Take the points. In the moment, fourth and six in the red zone, 8.02 left. I was a little thinking, I'm thinking, I know the result may be good. I know the result could be a touchdown. But you need points right now. You absolutely need points. And in the moment, I am a little, take the points and go on, put your defense back on the field. Also, I wonder how much, I, I wonder how much Ryan Day trusts his kickers because there are numerous moments in this game for the kickers to come on the field and kick a field goal. Those guys that were inconsistent in fall camp, they're also inconsistent, I believe, leading up to practice right now. I wonder. I know we saw Noah Ruggles last week, but how much does Ryan Day really trust his offense? I mean, excuse me, his kickers right now. Late in the game, it surely seemed like there might be a comeback. But that was actually when you saw the Oregon defensive line get a pass rush, which they, which they haven't gotten, didn't get really the entire game. So much to talk about. There's back and forth offense, questions about the offense, good things about the offense, questions about the defense, some good things about the defense as well. It's unfortunate that we're opening this show talking about the negative. Kickers that are absent. 
defense that's inexperienced at linebackers and it's showing an inexperienced quarterback that is showing his inexperience at times a defensive coordinator many of you are piling on him i think a lot of it goes to the play on the field yes coombs is not at fault but a lot of it is the play on the field it's unfortunate you don't like opening a season with a loss you don't like opening any type of anything you do if you're if you're got a new job oh wow second day on sales i didn't get anything the first day i did that's bad that's not fun if you're if you are playing a basketball game in a basketball tournament um round robin in the beginning that all of a sudden you go to double elimination all of a sudden you open up man this is bad i am doing horrible when you look back at it yeah sometimes those early losses could be too long term success down the road so much to build off of before we get into building and what we could what the positives were, the negatives were that we could build off of. Let's look to the defense, excuse me, the offense. Offense first and then defense latter part of this show. All right, college football fanatics. Have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this and I know you will too. Price Picks offers every sport you could think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA and more. Price Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power 5 as well as mid-major players as well. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. You pick 2 to 5 players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers use the award-winning app on both the app store and google play don't hesitate check out prizepicks.com or go to your app store and download the app today prize picks is daily fantasy made easy march madness is right around the corner if you want to win your office pool you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The offense for Ohio State. You want to look at the stat sheet? We can look at the, stat, at the stat sheet together because the stats may show you, well, the Ohio State had enough. To, they did enough to win on offense. And that is true. C.J. Stroud, 35 for 58. 484 passing yards, three touchdowns. The lone interception that he had came during a crucial part of the game, which was in the final seconds, final minutes of said game. Passer rating of 154.7, which was better than Anthony Brown's, the starting Quarterback for Oregon of 124.1. Receivers, you want to talk about the receivers? How well do they do? Alave, 126 through the air. Garrett Wilson, 117 through the air. Smat Jackson Smith and Jigba, 145 through the air. A touchdown, two touchdowns for Jackson Smith and Jigba, one touchdown for Garrett Wilson. I think the one thing that hurt the offense in this game was their lack of offensive balance. Let's look at, the, look at the stats one more time. We'll dive into what we saw. 14 carries for 77 yards for Mayan Williams. 12 carries for 54 yards for Trevion Henderson. Henderson was the only person that scored a rushing touchdown in this game. Five and a half yards a carry for Williams. Four and a half yards a carry for Travion Henderson. The Oregon team that we saw, yes, they were losing two guys. 
Yes, throughout the game, they did lose more guys down the road. But the one thing you want to do against this type of team, even if they're 100% healthy or if they are not, is have a balanced attack. We've also learned about this running back room, running back rotation. It certainly seems like it's a two-man race, a two-man monster between Mayan Williams, Meatball, or Porkchop, whatever you want to call him, as well as Trevion Henderson. Somebody texted me during the game and said, what happened to Master Teague? My response, it looks like he's not good enough to play right now. He's not good enough to play in said rotation. Now, that's not saying he's a bad running back. And notice I didn't say bad. All I said was he's not good enough to play right now with this team. I think that's what you've seen between Mayan Williams and Trevion Henderson. They have separated themselves. We saw in the offseason and fall camp, Mayan Williams was a leader in the running back room and all of the drills. And that was this. And that was looking at one of the comments. I'll, I'll highlight that here in a second. That was something that was nice and enjoyable to see. The comment that I'm laughing at is from Ashwin Singh. It says, This balcony looks pretty good right now. Might jump off of it. I don't, I wouldn't suggest that, but I know a lot of Buckeye fans are, are writing. Riding pretty low. They're not really excited. They're not enjoy. They're not enjoying the ride that we are going through right now with this Ohio State Buckeye football team. Might I remind you, this is not the first time that Ohio State has lost in Week Two. Yes, the outcome outcome for one game was different than the other. 2014, losing to Va Tech, Virginia Tech, and we all know that Ohio State won the national championship. 2017, Ohio State loses to Oklahoma in game no in week number two, game two. That game was also in the shoe. So I I, I get it. I get it. It's 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 week two, guys. I'm here to remind you, let's not panic. There's a lot of what we saw with this offense that we can love. One thing that I would strive to fix with CJ Stroud is his deep passes or just a lot of his passes, they seem to have a lot of air under them. And they oversell the receiver that he is going through, going to at that point in time. It's unfortunate. But one thing I to remind everybody, <clears throat> C.J. Stroud is young. C.J. Stroud is inexperienced. I was, I'm going to give you a little insight to my life. I was at one point a car salesman. Many people, when they hear that, they're going to think, wow, Jay, a car salesman. Um, I already know what kind of car salesman he was. You might. You might not. I could go back to those days and be pretty good, be, be better than average. But those first early days, let me just tell you, those first early days, I mean, my first day that I was on the floor selling cars, it was a Saturday. Now, the, the five days leading up to that, Monday through Friday, was a lot of in-house training a lot of, hey, here is a full walk around. The guy that demonstrated a walk around of a car going through all the features. It was a nine minute and like 15 or 16 second video. I had it on my phone. I actually know how long it was because I recently deleted it because I don't plan on going back selling cars anymore. But when I was early selling cars, one thing that I remember was that there were ups, there were downs. And one thing people remind you in the car business it's, hey, you didn't get that one, but keep on going. My first day selling cars on the floor it was a Saturday. I sold a car. I believe it was an Altima. No, excuse me. It was a red Rogue. It was a Nissan Rogue. Forget the year. The color was red. The lady came in, knew exactly what she wanted. Now, 
I had never negotiated any type of deal before in a car sales business. So I let somebody that I knew that I didn't know work there when I got the job. He came in, closed the deal, little did I know. Jason experience. If somebody else comes in and closes your deal, then that person gets half of your sale. I didn't know that. So at that time, I had to split that commission with that person. The commission was pretty decent. This dealership, a lot of small commissions that came, but that commission for that car was actually pretty decent. I didn't get half of it. So my inexperience showed. Looks like CJ Stroud's inexperience is showing right now. Some people may say Stroud should run the ball more. I agree with that. But we saw from Justin Fields last year, with as good of a quarterback that Justin Fields is, I honestly think and wonder, how much better could he have been as a quarterback if he ran the ball more? Yes, we saw against Indiana. We saw against other teams that Stroud wanted, excuse me, Justin Fields wanted to be, seem like the hero. Like he, not so much the hero, but he wanted to win the Heisman. Hey, I'm going to go out and do X, Y, and Z so I can lift up that Heisman trophy virtually, um, not in the normal traditional setting of the ceremony, but I'll lift up that Heisman trophy virtually in a virtual ceremony because I did everything I needed to do to be successful in this game i wonder if that was fields or if i i wonder if that's how these guys are being coached i don't know i can't say yes i can't say no all i know is stroud is showing promise stroud is showing if he gets a string of two three four five passes in a row gets into a groove that is a good thing now the thing is you gotta work in the running game if you don't work in the running game it's going to be very, very hard against a lot of people, a lot of teams. Luckily, the game next week is in Tulsa, or it's against Tulsa at the Ohio Stadium. That is something I think it's a great bounce-back type of game. But let's not go back to the philosophy that we saw in week one, where everybody is playing. Let's play our best guys. Let them get in a groove, get up to an early lead. And then if you want to at that point, bring in the twos, because at that point, that's when they're supposed to be on the field, offense is one thing. The story about defense is absolutely another. Hey guys, so there are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you are sweating through your shirts for no reason. It's embarrassing, right? Some of you may know that I personally have dealt with this. When I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. Now listen, I know this isn't life and death, and there are much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest, in the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date, God forbid. I'd much rather not worry about it, and that's why I use sweat block and I perspirant wipes. Sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime. Go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Did you know that Bill Bar has nine delicious flavors plus? The occasional limited time flavor as well. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're definitely missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and even salted caramel. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, 
but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Go to Built.com and use that friendly promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you will get 15% off your next order. Once again, go to Built.com and use that friendly promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Well, I want to thank all of you and take, take time right now to thank all of you that are here live with us on this post-game show. I've mentioned it previously. We're going to try to do these live post-game shows as many times as we can because I feel like anal- analyzing and instantly responding to what we watch is a fun way to get a lot off of our chest and kind of come together in the chat on the YouTube to re- kind of realize what's going on and really instantly react to the game we just watched. I don't know why the philosophy right now is to play every all these guys on defense. I don't even want to go to the stat sheet right now to see how many guys have tackles. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to have a lot of guys have tackles. More than 11 guys in any game are going to have tackles. I get that. But if I go look at the stats, or it's not the stats, if I go back and look at the snap count and see, well, this, this many guys played, or that many guys played, or this many guys played, or that many guys played, it makes me a little confused because you go into any season – you know the hierarchy. You know the pecking order. You know you got your four D linemen. You got your two linebackers in Ohio State's case. You know you got Ronnie Hickman at the bullet. You got the you got your safety. You got the five D. You got the you got your safety. You got your five DBs. I know coming into this game, Proctor was supposed to play. He did play. Ultimately, Bryson Shaw. I I believe Bryson Shaw got the start in this game. You had your two quarters. And let me just tell you really quickly. I know we're talking about defense. After a couple of defensive stops in the first half. I don't remember the ball going Denzel Burke's way. I don't. I saw seven banks on the sidelines, and I was I was wondering if he was going to come in the game or not. But after some stuff in the first half, that ball rarely, if ever, went to Denzel Burke's way. You would think a seasoned or experienced quarterback would also go after the least, least experienced guy in the defensive back room, but he didn't. Cam... <clears throat> Cam Brown, uh, I'm glad he's back. Had a little hiccup early, showed that you could stop him and slow him down. And Burke and Martinez did a phenomenal job on the defense. But I gotta get, I literally, what I've never said a long time. I gotta give a hand clap because what Denzel Burke did out there, true freshman defensive back corner who wasn't expected to start, but he is. I think he's showing everybody. You could try throwing my way. I know my technique was a little off last week. Tweaked it a little bit. You guys can trust me right now. Let me go back to my notes here quickly. Look at what I I said or wrote down about the pass rush before we close up shop. Guys, there was no pass rush. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No no pass rush. I I, I don't know if you saw something. I remember earlier I was talking about Zach Harrison for a reason. Um, Y'all like using them stars. Y'all. Y'all like using those stars. So, Mr. Mr. Five-star. Mr. Five Star, I've heard I've heard a lot of these analysts, a lot of these guys on the radio and on the TV and writing these articles. The Five Star, yeah, they were they were describing as a five star recruit. I mean, a five star former five star high school athlete. Doesn't that translate to college football? Not always, and actually, it doesn't. No, I, I'm still waiting. And this was a game to get some type of pass rush, but I got to give kudos. I got to give kudos 
to the Oregon offense because in the coordinators and Mario Cristobal because they were dialing up the right plays at the right time. This is not just going to the touchdowns that they scored. They dialed up the right plays at the right time. There were some plays that Zach Harrison did that weren't really ideal, that weren't the best. But what we find with Zach Harrison, what we find is a guy that can't, it's good. He's good enough to start. He's actually a really good player. But the upper echelon that is the Ohio State defensive end that everybody's used to, you know, you want to chase Young, you want a Bosa, you want both Bosas. You're not going to get those every year. That's very, very hard to do. But you're going to, but you want guys to still play better in big games. Still waiting, still waiting for that to happen for Mr. Harrison. But it's not just Zach Harrison. I mean, we're going to blitz at any point throughout this game. I mean, if you realize your pass rush from your front four isn't going through, can we get some more blitzes? Now, there were some blitzes, but what did that do? That opened up the passing lane because our guys were not able to guard at times. Now, at times. i got to say at times because they did tighten things up. Opened up the passing lane, and I, it brought a lot of confusion to me. Not a fan. Not a fan of not having a pass rush because, yeah, Anthony Brown is not the best quarterback. A lot of quarterbacks in the Big Ten aren't the best. But sometimes the guys that aren't the best are sometimes the guys that show up and show out in big moments, in big games against big opponents like the Ohio State Buckeyes. It might come back to bite them, to hurt them one more time. I want to leave with this or a couple things. One, the linebackers are our are liability. I understand the whole defensive rotation thing. You're playing a lot of guys. You can't get into a groove. But I think they're inexperienced and lack of playing assignment sound football really, really hurt them. But I'm going to close with this. I have heard a lot of people and I've watched a lot of sports, not just football, not just basketball. I have watched a lot of sports. And one thing you need in sports, primarily football, especially football, you need dogs. Yes, our DBs, I'm reading a, a, a comment here from the a YouTube chat. Our DBs played pretty good in my opinion. Yeah, Yes, I, I mentioned that early on there were some hiccups by, I believe, Martinez. Um, you can, we could talk about Bryson Shaw and some, some of the plays that were overrun, but I do think our DBs played better than I think I expected and better than what I think a lot of people have expected. They, they, played, they played pretty good. There's always room for improvement, but they did play pretty good. But one thing I know about sports, doesn't matter what level. You can go to professional ranks, high school ranks, college ranks. You could go to Little League. We know there's that team that has the one guy that is the best, and that little kid that is the best has a dog in him. These got Ohio State needs a dog. Now, what do you do when you find a dog? Sometimes you can help build a dog or bring out a dog outside of somebody that's already inside of them. But honestly, what else do you need? You might need to go out and recruit a dog. Now, I'm not saying go the whole, let me get an Aaron Hernandez. Hey, those pouncy twins, come on down to game. I'm not knocking Urban Meyer, which is the first thing that came to my head. Because honestly, Urban Meyer got some dogs. They were rough around the edges. I know it's game two. I know a dog or two or three might emerge down the road, but I am yet to see. I have yet to see a dog on this team. On the D-line, I don't know. At linebacker, still waiting for it. Could Denzel Burke or Martinez be that dog we're looking for? That's absolutely true. But right now, in the front seven, <clears throat> I don't see any dogs. Mm -mm. I don't see any dudes. 
as some people call them, I don't see no bras. I don't see anybody that fits that category, that description. We're still waiting to see them. All of this happens in game number two of the season. You know what we have after game number two? Three through 12. We got a lot of football left to play. I know some of you think the the sky is falling. I know some people will say that this is over. The playoffs are over. All all these things. No championship. No Big Ten championship. New Year's Six Bowl. That's possible. We're not going that far. Let me remind you. This is one game. It's early in the season. Season's not over. A lot to be positive. A lot to like. A lot to work on. I will not, and I repeat, I will not talk about or highlight or go in on Kerry Coombs right now. I have my own thoughts that are reserved for him, saving those thoughts for Kerry Coombs down the road during some portion of next week's, one of next week's episodes of Locked on Buckeyes. Guys, live post-game show is almost in the books. I am glad all of you came by to watch via the YouTube or watch via my personal Twitter feed. If you're on the YouTube and you're not following me on Twitter, go ahead, follow me at jstevens07. You see my Twitter handle right under my name. I appreciate Tegna for putting in the logo and the graphics here for this show. Follow me on Twitter if you're not doing it already. If you want to email me, jstevens317 at gmail.com. Also, text to me. Yes, you yourself can text me. Get your phone out, 850-462-5442. Once again, 850-462-5442. Come back. We got shows coming up all week long. Right here on the YouTube also. Follow and subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your fine podcast, go ahead and follow and subscribe. If you're an Apple user, five-star reviews, yes, five-star reviews, go ahead and fill up that section on Apple. It's greatly appreciated. Unfortunately, Ohio State ends game number two with a loss, a 35-28 loss to the Oregon Ducks. But the positive, let's all leave on a positive note. This isn't the end of the season. This isn't the end of the road. Things can get better. And Ohio State, I do believe, will improve after their performance in today's game.